from Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 49. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It's going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be a scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and from our Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Most holy and most gracious God, we thank you for this moment in our week, this most holy moment where you speak to us. As surely as you spoke to the disciples 2,000 years ago, you speak to us today. As surely as you're with the disciples 2,000 years ago in the upper room, you are with us today as we share this meal. Open our hearts, O Lord, to your word. Open our hands to your sacrament. In your gracious name we pray. Amen. Today's gospel lesson makes me think of a family with a rather unruly teenager. The teenager is just coming of age and thinks that he has basically arrived at adulthood and he doesn't really need much advice from mom and dad. Thank you very much. Mom and dad have some helicopter parent tendencies. They know that life will include some significant difficulties for their teenager that the teenager doesn't even know about yet. And they want to soften the struggle. And so they offer advice. An inherent conflict in every family across the globe. It is a common scenario. And not just around the globe presently, but throughout all of history. It was Mark Twain, or maybe it was William Shakespeare, I've heard both authors, who said, when I was 15, I was appalled at how ignorant my father was. When I was 25, I was astonished at how much he has learned. <laughs> now that 15-year-old would not have come to appreciate the wisdom of his father without first having himself, the teenager, gone through some difficulties and stress and overcome them to find out that some of the things his father said were accurate. It is true, is it not, that almost all parents want to shelter their children from difficulty and stress. And yet, without difficulty and stress, 
The children don't become the people God made them to be. Sometimes difficulty and stress can lead to a positive change. Now, stress can be, I suggest to you, good or bad. We can have good stress, which challenges us, which helps us grow, which helps us change into something positive. Bad stress crushes us. Bad stress can make us sick. I'm absolutely convinced today that in our gospel lesson, Jesus is talking about good stress. The stress and the challenges of life that cause us to grow, to become different people. You've probably heard this said before. My daughter actually has it on a little reader board in her apartment. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Jesus said, I came to bring fire. And we hear that passage, and it doesn't sound like the normal, peaceful words we get from Jesus. What does he mean? I came to bring fire, and I wish it would come more quickly. I suggest to you it's a kind of refiner's fire, a fire that burns away the impurities of some base metal, gold or silver. And Jesus can't wait for that kind of fire to burn away our impurities, our dysfunctions, our manipulations, our judgmentalism, our selfishness, our injustice. Jesus did that throughout his entire career. We always think about Jesus as bringing peace and contentment and you know just forgiving everybody, loving everybody, and that's true. But if you read carefully the text, He's also bringing this fire, challenges, causing people to think and to grow. One example would be that Jesus was always healing people like lepers, blind people, people who were lame. Time and time again, he would reach out to the sick and the wounded, the poor and the impoverished, the widow, those struggling in life. He would bring those people front and center heal them, and all could see what he was doing in a century where people did not not want to see lepers. They did not want to see lame people. They did not want to see poor people because it reminded them that they too were vulnerable to disease. They too were vulnerable to poverty. They too were vulnerable to be wounded. And so you push those people into the edges. You don't want to think about problems. You keep them at arm's length. Jesus makes them front and center. It would be like today. If Jesus went downtown Seattle, gathered a dozen homeless people, many who couldn't walk, maybe a couple in wheelchair, and brought them all into the lobby of the fanciest hotel downtown Seattle. Can you imagine that stress? Not just for the people who are in the lobby of that hotel, but also for the homeless people themselves. I don't deserve to be here. I'm uncomfortable. They shouldn't be here. They don't look right. Jesus, you see, brings fire, brings stress, brings challenge to the systems to make people think differently about how you divide up wealth in your society. Another example would be Jesus 
always reaching out to people who are ethnically different from the Jewish people. The Jewish people were considered the chosen people, the special people. But almost always, when Jesus is reaching out and teaching, he's teaching people who are not Jewish, not part of the in-group. You know the story of the Good Samaritan. We teach it as a story to help out those who are wounded, but it's a story about a Samaritan who is ethnically different from the chosen ones. The stranger, today we talk about as the other. Not just the Samaritan in that story, but also the woman at the well, the woman in Tyre and Sidon, the man possessed by demons living in the country of the Gerizines, all non-Jewish, all not ethnically the same. Jesus brings them front and center and basically is teaching us this is what God's kingdom looks like. There will be no walls in God's kingdom. Everybody can come flooding in and think about the stress that that might cause a society when there are no walls and everybody comes in. I mean, they're talking different languages, they have different religion, they look different from the rest of us. What a society that would be. And the chosen people, the Jewish people said, how can you let those people be part of it? Jesus bringing fire, bringing stress to the society with this ultimate dream of positive change, bringing something good out of a stressful situation. This case, the good of a plural society a multicultural society where everybody could relate to each other with equality and justice and love and compassion. A multicultural world, a quilt of many colors. Here's another example. Jesus brings change. It's a little more private. There was a man who couldn't walk. He lay on a stretcher. In the Bible, it says a pallet. He lay by the pool of Siloam for 30 years, unable to walk. The pool of Siloam in Jerusalem is supposedly a place where if you get into the waters, you'll be healed. Well, he never got into the waters. He lay by the pool of Siloam, and he supposedly got pretty used to his life. I mean, he received alms, offerings from people. He got used to laying there. Jesus came up to him, if you remember the story, and said, do you want to be healed? Which seems like a really strange question. Doesn't everyone want to be healed? And by the way, the word healed is also the word saved. Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be healed? We think, well, of course. But I think the man realized, and in the Bible he says yes right away, but if I were directing the scene, I would have him hesitate. Because he would know deep down that if he was going to be healed, he would have to change. His life would be different forever. He got used to his dysfunction. He got used to his disability. Jesus said to him, okay, take up your pallet and walk. In other words, take up your old life and move to your new life. Have you ever heard the phrase, be careful what you pray for because you might, you might get it. Think about our prayers. They're always about some kind of change. We want something to be different. 
But as you think about that prayer, wanting something to be different, often it will involve stress to get to that new place. That's the fire Jesus is talking about. The last example I'll share with you is the stress when Jesus says to his disciples and to us that to be a follower is to take up your cross and follow. Sometimes we think that means, well, cross means suffer. I've got to suffer and I'll just kind of put up with it. It's not really what Jesus means. What Jesus means here is take up the integrity to walk as my people. Walk as people who step into that kingdom where there are no walls, where we don't push the poor people to the side. Everybody's part of it. You step into that kingdom and start living like that, and it's going to cause stress, maybe even within your own family system. Father against son, mother against daughter, Thanksgiving, politic talk. <laughs> you have stress. You can have stress. Ultimately, Jesus himself faced fire. The same fire that we're all going to face, and that was death. It was the ultimate fire, and the ultimate change, and the ultimate center of our church and our faith. The fire of death is called Good Friday. And Jesus had to go through Good Friday to get to Easter and new life. That ultimate change came through a most difficult process. Now you here today have your own crosses. You have your own challenges in life. You have your own stresses. Sometimes they can be awful. They can just feel as if they will crush you. I'm here to say to you today that Jesus promises they will not crush you. Even death will not crush you. Those stressors, that cross that you bear can set you free. Can set you free. And that's Easter. We are resurrection people we hold on to that faith and it strengthens us to bear the crosses we have amen most holy and most gracious god we thank you for your holy word which stresses us today challenges us but help us to know that you are like a good parent allowing us to experience the stresses of life and promising us a good outcome in your holy and most blessed name we pray, amen. Page 8, please stand.